Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease it's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, time for our episode of Two Dudes in a Kitchen. It's Wells Adams, who's a little sick right now, so my voice might be a little nasally. Oh, man. Alongside Tyler Florence, I don't, I don't get it, man. I, I eat healthy, I yeah. sauna, I cold plunge, I, I work out, and I still get sick. Well, I'm sorry you're sick, dude. Well, so please excuse my nasally voice today, but I, I thought today we would focus on talking dinner parties. Yeah. My first question is, I mean, you are a professional chef and I imagine you have to do dinner parties a lot because if all your friends are like, let's just go over to Chef Tyler's because we know the food's going to be good. How do you prepare for a dinner party? Well, um, when and you're right, by the way, when people come over to the house, there, there's a very, very high expectation that the food's going to be great. And, you know, 9.9% of the time, we knock it out of the park. And it's either just me, um, you know, and I always give myself plenty of time. And I think that's the number one thing you got to think about when you're hosting a dinner party is just to carve out the majority of the day, right? Like, don't try to squeeze it in. Like I'm going to work until three and three 30 and then come home with some chicken breasts on the grill and everyone showed up at six. Like you're really going to stress yourself out by not giving yourself like plenty of time to get prepped and get organized and feel comfortable. And, and so I, I think you got to, uh, first and foremost, you got to know the audience, right? I think it's really who's coming over. What are they into? And then you start to kind of build a menu around that, right? So if you got, you know, if you got some dudes coming over, you know, I'll throw a big piece of meat on the smoker or I'll grill, you know, something really kind of fun. If it's kind of couples, I'll, I'll try to like kind of pair it up with something light. I do think it's really important to prepare like a nice appetizer to kind of, you know, a, a to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. Um, if, if the food that you're, you're putting together takes a little bit longer than you thought it was going to. 
I mean, just a nice cheese tray, it will buy you like 30 minutes, right? Which is great. Um, so I, I think first things first, like know your audience and then you start to kind of piece it from there. Do you ask your guests what they'd like ahead of time? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Cause like, you know, especially if it's like, uh, you know, cause my wife and I, when we entertain, um, cause we're at that age where our, all of our friends are couples. Right. So we have like couple friends. So if we start putting it together and I know I, a, a good buddy's coming over, I'm like, dude, I'm going to put those ribs back on the grill. You want those again? And they're like, Oh Yeah. And so normally I, I'll, I'll either, you know, uh, set up a quick little phone call and say, Hey, w- what do you guys want tonight? What sounds fun? Or I'll kind of make it up as I go, but with the consideration that I know who's coming over. Um, so to answer your question, I mean, so, sometimes I do, um, but, um, but I think it's also kind of nice to kind of build that expectation. And normally when we do like, cause, cause like, you know, cause uh, at, at uh, Miller and Lux or steakhouse in San Francisco, I, I, I get a Luckily I get a chance to go shopping in my walk-in at, at, at the restaurant, which is great. Um, and then, you know, just listen, just throwing on a tomahawk on the grill and slicing up in front of, uh, you know, people. So there's a little bit of razzle dazzle, a little show that kind of goes along with it. And then the product is simple. I think keeping it simple is really important when you're throwing a dinner party, don't do too much, do fewer, better dishes. Um, and then think about dessert at the end. You know, we got to think about the wine. Yeah, there's a couple of things to consider. What about you guys? Well, I mean, I, I guess the the issue is 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 size of the party for us, and then we can kind of like work backwards. But um, like if we have a if we have a a lot of people coming over, like Thanksgiving is a good example of that, where there's just a lot of family that comes over, then it turns into a buffet style. Whereas when we do a smaller group of people, I like to do more family style. Do you have a a certain style that you like when it comes to dinner dinner parties? Well, somewhere between family style and buffet style, I, I think that's the way to go, right? So the difference between the two is that um, uh, family style are large platters that hit the table and a buffet style, it's food that's on a large platter that's put on like in a foyer or put onto a, a buffet table that's kind of like near the table so people can get up and kind of walk through. I prefer family style versus buffet because I think when people are you know are seated at the dinner table, the last thing you want to do is kind of take their dinner plate and go up and you know and then put everything together. But if if it's a really really large event, I know I'm I'm cranking out a lot of food like Thanksgiving, then we do normally go buffet. So when you get these large platters and you pass around, I think there's a sense of uh, community when it kind of comes along with that, right? Everybody gets a chance to kind of pass me around and hold it and you know. scoop something on for someone else's plate. And so I think that's a nice way to go. And I'm with you. It depends on the size of it. So last night, our dinner party was 12 people. So I think that's a really good number. 12 to 15 is really good for family style. Anything more than that, I think buffet is a safer way to go. When it comes to appetizers, are you like make them the day beforehand to save time or do you still do them day of? I think you can. I, I definitely think you, when you're planning out a dinner party, thinking through the appetizers, I think is a very crucial part of a successful dinner. And again, you know, giving yourself plenty of time to get organized for those things are going to make the difference between a successful dinner party or one that kind of goes okay, you know, and maybe you feel a little stressed out and maybe it's not your finest work. And, and so I, I think you want to you know, think through things that are like dippable or spreadable. Like last night, my wife had to you know, put together uh, a, a spinach artichoke dip. Uh, and she made, you know, homemade, uh, Christini to go along with that. 
and uh, and then she had you know a couple of like nice cheeses and and some beautiful charcuterie and salumi, uh, so he had like a lot of kind of fun things to choose from. And so I I think thinking through that, it doesn't have to be. It could be you know a, a shareable appetizer platter, which I think are easier to put together. Um, if you want to kind of get fancy about it and make bite sized hors d'oeuvres, so those are very touchy. Like we do hors d'oeuvres and canapes at the restaurant because I got twenty five people to do that kind of stuff. Um, but if it's just us goofing off of the house with really nice dinner party um i'll make sure i'll spend um, a little bit of time at the with the cheesemonger at the grocery store or the cheese counter or aisle or whatever it is and make sure you get some really really nice cheeses and then some fun things to go on top of that because obviously you know it's like goat cheese and and soft spreadable cheeses like brie you know they, they can you you could put like a like a tomato chili jam on top of that and those are really really great um you can put like a beautiful fig preserve on top of goat cheese or uh or brie and and have a really nice sort of like contrast between the rich fat so either something sweet which is really nice or something kind of spicy which is really nice make sure you temper your cheese don't serve cheese ice cold you know, make sure you like leave cheese out at room temperature for a little bit. So it's spreadable. The, the flavor is better if it's more of a room temperature thing. But uh, yeah, I think appetizers are, are a crucial part of a successful dinner party. Okay. When it comes to being creative before a dinner party, how do you feel about trying new recipes before a dinner party? Well, I rarely make the same dish twice, to be honest with you, right? So for me, you know, what, for me, because I just kind of make it up, you know what I mean? So we're, we're going to, uh, I'm going to have this beautiful, you know, uh, grilled, uh, pork loin, and then I'm going to finish it with, and I'm totally making up this recipe right now, but like, I'm, I'm going to make a beautiful, like, uh, uh, roasted peach and basil salad to go along with that. And then, you know, it like may serve it with like Parmesan polenta. Like I'm making this stuff up because like, I, I, I have, I feel confident enough that I can just sort of, you know, wing it when I get in the kitchen. I do think it's really you, it, like my wife, for example, she's got about 15 dishes under her belt that are spectacular, that are showstoppers, really, really great for a party that she feels really confident about. And I, I, I do think that in front of company, it's probably not the right time to try something new if you're not really, really sure about it. But I do think it, it's also kind of fun to give it a little test run, right? You know, because it, it, sometimes recipes, and again, it depends on how well the recipe is written. Ours are all tested down to the grain of salt. Um, but if, um, if you're trying a brand new recipe for the first time and you like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm doing this next weekend when everybody's coming over, I'd give it a trial run. You know, if dinner parties on Thursday, make it on Tuesday, you know, go, okay. Cause I think by the time you make it twice, you've got it on lock, you know? Uh, but I, I think trying that for the first time, you know, just to keep everybody's nerves, cause it can be nerve wracking, entertaining in front of a bunch of people. So try new recipes, but have like a, a trial run before you go live. We're going live. We'll do it live. I, so I this is, I think, a good question because when you have a dinner party, you have a bunch of people who like their protein cooked a certain way. Mm -hmm. uh, some people like it. Like for me, I like my stuff rare to medium rare, but a lot of people yeah. aren't like that. And so that can be kind of touchy and that can be an issue. Like someone wants something really well done and uh, it's hard to kind of like accommodate for everyone. What's the best way to cook something for everyone to have every kind of temperature available medium. I think medium is a way to go. Cause I, I and we talk about this all the time. Um, it, cause especially from a chef's perspective, our medium rare is very rare. It's really rare. Like sometimes we'll, we'll I'll see some steaks come out of the kitchen. I'm like, bro, what temperature is that? Because chef that's medium rare. I'm like, dude, that is like mooing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so rare. And uh, so I, I think if you if you like it medium rare, you don't mind it medium. 
But if you like it medium, you don't like it medium rare, right? Yeah. If that's your thing, right? So I, I think, you know, some people, if they like their proteins medium well, the well done, they'll probably be okay. So if you focus on on medium, you're going to get some like more well done cuts towards the end of something, like say if it's a beef tenderloin or a pork loin or something. Uh, towards the end of that, when it starts to taper off, you're going to get some more well-done slices. So there is something for everybody, but I always shoot for medium. Everybody's really, really super happy with it. Nice pink all the way through, uh, not not too under, you know, where everyone kind of, well, because the last thing you want is uh, uh, for someone to not enjoy it and then feel embarrassed about that they didn't want to eat it because they, they thought that was too rare. I think, so I, I think medium is a way to go. So that's going to be about you know, 132 use an instant read thermometer, right? If you're going to go, if you're probe it, uh, and just to make sure you got something really, really nice and tight. So take it off about 127, let it rest up to 132, tent it. And I think you'll be in good shape. When I have dinner parties, I'm usually the one that's doing the cooking. Sarah cooks, right? No, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> you're, you're looking at the chef and the cleanup crew. Oh my uh, gosh. Right here. Well, okay. Well, that's good. Actually, Sarah does clean up uh, after dinner parties, but after dinner, like normal dinners, no, it's me. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem that I have is that uh, I've got so many irons in the fire or ladles in the, the bowls, I guess, that um, it's hard for me to entertain. So, like, how do you find uh, to be able to kind of balance the two of entertaining, which what point of the whole thing is, and yeah. then also making the food? Yeah, so um, make part of what you're going to prepare for your dinner party theatrical save some of it for people to gather around in the kitchen and watch you do something which is really kind of fun right so i like to you know i'm i'm, I'm kind of going back to the grilled beef tenderloin but it could be a pork loin could be a whole roasted chicken it could be you know ribs it could be something that it could be a pizza it could be a pasta it could be something that you know if, if you're going to take it out of the oven and you're going to save that last little bit to shave some cheese you know over top of it or or if you're going to you know uh, slice something kind of right the last second and, you know so when people come into the kitchen um uh, i i think about having two separate stations from like an hors d'oeuvre point of view i'll set up a cheese board in the kitchen and i also set up a cheese board out by the fireplace or outside in the patio if the weather's nice right because when people come in the house like because i'm you know i'm cooking and people want to hang out in the kitchen and you want to make it feel inviting when they're in there um, and sometimes if it's going to be a big dinner party I, I try to be meticulous about keeping the kitchen neat and tidy and organized and i'll i'll break several times while i'm cooking just to clean up after myself i'll do around the dishes i'll clean the counters off I'll, I'll i'll take the trash out one more time i'll i'll rearrange the refrigerator so everything's kind of fits in there when i'm when i'm done so when people walk in the door you know you there's a sense of calm right there's a sense of like you're ready to entertain you feel nice and relaxed and uh, and 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 you're ready to have a really good time so i, I like to save some of it to do in front of people because people, you know, love to pull out their cell phone and take, especially with me anyway, like take their cell phone out and like shoot a little quick little video or take a picture, whatever it is. Um, and, and you want to give them that, right? Give them that minute, right? We kind of like, look at that slice, you know, you're like, you know, right in the middle of a beautiful loin of something or, you know, or there's, or you're basing something on the grill one last time. So give them that, that sort of that sense of like that sense of like you're cooking for them and cooking with them. Um, and also that one thing, and, and I, it, it can be annoying, but when people walk into the kitchen and they say, hey, can I help? Right. The answer is no. 
right? I'm all good, but you're welcome to kind of come and hang out with me, right? So because of the, the, the there's that sense of like, I want to make sure I can help because you're, you're being incredibly hospitable by inviting me over and whatever I can do, if I can take some platters out, that's a whole different thing. But we're, I'm good on cooking and you should be good on cooking too. The last thing you want to do is, is, is be so you know scattered or kind of feel like you're chaotic that you need somebody else to kind of bail you out, right? So you don't want to do that. Make sure like you're nice and comfortable with everything, right? Um, do you do that or do you feel that same way when, when people hop in the kitchen with you? I totally agree with that. I also like honestly hate when people are in the kitchen. I'm like, get, you're in my way. Just get get out of here. Go enjoy over there. Please leave me alone. That's the wrong energy too. That's I know. the wrong energy, right? Because <laughs> then they're like, oh my God, things aren't going well in the kitchen, right? Because then they kind of walk out like, I just got kicked out of the kitchen. Wells just threw me out. So so anyway, so so just give yourself plenty of time. I, I think that that's the big life lesson here. If you're going to throw a good dinner party, make sure you kind of carve out half of your day. I mean, even with me, I give myself three hours, four hours to throw a dinner party. So I'm super comfortable with it. Like I'll, I'll work for a couple hours in the morning. I clock out at noon and then I've got all my protein and stuff ready to rock and roll. And I'll, I'll put some music on. And I'll casually start cooking dinner. And I think it feels really, really great. So I think having those two little stations. So when people come into your space in the kitchen, have something for them to not do because you don't want them to jump in, but have, have something for them to eat. So set up like two cheese stations so they can have like a little cracker, talk to you, hang out. Because I, I think that's sort of the, the nice thing about it. So you don't feel like all of the energy is in the other room and you're stuck cooking because people want to hang out with you right? If people come out of your house and they want to jump in the kitchen, like have them, you know, be part of the, the communal aspect of like cooking for them with them. Um, and don't banish them to the, to the necessarily, uh, to, to like the, you know, the other half of the house. So anyway, I think it's really important to share it. Um, but it, I, I think it's really important to make sure that you're, uh, you're, you're calm, cool, and collected, uh, when, when you do that for sure. But that's the worst, right? When somebody says, hey, chef, can I help? Or, hey, you do need help? Or, and you kind of feel like, you know, it's like, no, I'm good. I, you know, did you ever, yeah. do you feel like? Yeah. And speaking of people coming to hang out with us in the kitchen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Stuart O'Keefe, celebrity and professional chef known for super healthy meals. He's from freaking Ireland, which is super cool. He's been on a bunch of TV shows. I'm sure you're a big fan of him. I know I am. And when we come back, we're going to have Chef Stewart on the show, and we're going to find out what he's doing when he's having a dinner party. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in a Kitchen. I'm Wells Adams alongside Tyler Florence. And now coming into the kitchen is Chef Stewart. How are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good. It's Monday. It's like back to the week. <laughs> You've been a celebrity chef. You've been a food writer, a TV personality. Yeah, uh, I don't think you're from America. Uh, my not. question is: has has this been your dream since you were a kid? Yeah, it like look, growing up in Ireland was like brilliant and um, and cooking and all that kind of stuff. But I, my dream was always to move to the states, specifically California. I don't know why. It just I had it in my head. I wanted to go there, and um, I first. Like I first moved to Napa Valley when I first moved, I worked at Meadowood um, back in the day. Like this was, wow, 2004 for Meadow- two years. Meadow- yeah, it is great yeah. <laughs> before it burned down. But yeah, <laughs> you didn't do that. That wasn't your I didn't fault, do right? that. Okay. No, no, no. I was more like at the grill and I was like cooking there. I was doing banquets. I was doing like a ton of different positions there. Um, but it was a great, like living in St. Helena was a, this great like small little town and coming from a small town in Ireland, it was like the perfect fit. It wasn't too like intimidating. The people were nice, were friendly. And then, you know, moved down to Los Angeles is a different story. Let's talk about Ireland because I think a lot of people probably have big misconceptions about what Irish cooking and Irish food really is. Or is that yeah. not true? It's, it, are we right on with it? It's all potatoes and, and that's it. I mean, that is a big part of it. But like, I, I know it's like it gets this kind of like wrapped that it's like bad. But I mean, it has a ton of Michelin stars restaurants there. Um, I recently ate at, at Dare Manor there and it was just like spectacular, the food. And um, look, I went to culinary school there. I went for four years and we like you learn about like everywhere, like all around the world. But like, yeah, like the potatoes, the slow food movement, like the stews, the soups, the casseroles, like all that stuff is because it's so cold there. Mm-hmm. But everything is like grown there. Everything is sourced locally. It has to be. It's just it's it, it is what it, it's just like there's no An island. Yeah. You, yeah. You got to shop locally. Yeah. You've been there, Tyler. You've done a show there and stuff. And it's like like this the term organic or all those kind of words, those buzzwords, those healthy words, like they were never really used because it just, everything was just naturally grass fed. And, you know, everything came from farmers like locally, like my best friends growing up were, were butchers. Um, so my mom would go across the street to the butchers. And then there was like a country mart down the street and everything. He sourced lots of stuff in from Italy. And like, I was all, my mom always 
she always spent so much money on food. She loved it so much. And I think like that's how I kind of had a love for it. And um, and and of course, like not being as book smart as the rest of my kid, the rest of my brothers and sisters. So that was kind of like the route for me. I kind of took a chance of going to culinary school. I got after my high school exams and I got offered it. I didn't get my first six choices, which, you know, it all works out for a reason because I had the best four years of my life. And I just really, really enjoy it. So for somebody listening to this, like, and you had to describe uh, the cuisine of Ireland and and I, I've been there uh, and the food yeah. is beautiful. It's very like rootsy and organic and, mm. and, and gorgeous. So it's all about the ingredients. But if you had to describe like Irish flavors to somebody, what would that be? Oh, Irish flavors, like, like, like rustic, like, yeah. like dark, um, like savory, mm-hmm. um, like almost like what's what's the term they use for like you know the taste of Guinness, for example? Yeah, like it's there's, like inky. There's... It's like I don't know. It's I don't know what would you think? How would you describe it? When well, you were so there? We, yeah, we we shot there a couple of times, and yeah, we, yeah, we, we shot. We did uh, an episode uh, in uh, County Cork in the south, right? uh-huh. and and we basically just kind of did a whole thing on Cole Cannon, um, yeah. which is one of the world's greatest dishes and it's so like mm-hmm. tea and, and simple at the same time, but it's, it's a potato puree um, mixed with cabbage and ham. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you can kind of mix that up a couple of different ways. That's not exactly. Yeah. There's lots of different ways. Some people even put like an Irish cheddar in there too sometimes. Yeah. And then with a big pat of butter and fresh mint. Mm-hmm. On top of it. I mean, there's something really incredibly special about it. So it's like, it was uh it was great local dry farm potatoes cooked in salt water uh, and then smashed with, uh, mm-hmm. with like, like car- deeply caramelized, delicious cabbage, uh, fresh ham uh, that was like, that was sauteed as well and, and diced. And then the, the most golden, beautiful butter I've ever tasted in my entire life folded on top. And that was the fat that kind of creamed everything out. Yeah. Uh, like chunky, nice pepper. And then torn like hand, f- like fulls of fresh mint and parsley, just torn and thrown on top of that and kind of folded in. And it was really, really exquisite. I mean, I thought that was, it was incredible. Like the lamb is, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like Irish lamb is just so great. And then uh, yeah. of course the, the seafood is spectacular, you know, like really some of the seafood. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that that's just like such good stuff. It is. I mean, I was in New York there recently and I got invited to uh, like board Bia's. They were doing a whole like campaign on like Irish meat and so forth. And I was like, and it was a big thing about like exporting. And I'm like, do we have any left in Ireland? They're like, oh, they're like, we export like, I think the percentage was like 15%. Mm-hmm. Like of what? And I'm like, how many farms are there? Like the country's not that big. They said there was like 14,000 farms. And I was like, how? Because the country's not that big. You can go from right. top to bottom in like three and a half hours, four hours. Uh-huh. You know? Um, so like there was a lot of facts that I didn't even know. Which was like eye opening to me because I've lived here now like what sixteen years, so it's kind of like I've fallen off the like the Irish kind of train of what's going on there, and like people are like, "Hey, sure. I need I need like restaurant suggestions." I'm like, "I don't know. I haven't lived in Dublin in like <laughs> fifteen years. I don't know." But you can you can take the boy out of Ireland, but you can't take the Irish out of the boy. So when you're when we're throwing a dinner party, um, how do some of those like native flavors of of your home cooking and what you grew up on? How does that hit the dinner plate? Like, I'll always, like, I mean, look, I've been a private chef here for, like, years now. And it's, like, I'll always push, like, short ribs, beef roasts, like, stews. And it's, like, it's hard here in L.A. I mean, I'm doing a dinner on Sunday for, like, my friend and stuff. And I was, like, hey, can I do short ribs? 
And like, I'm going to put Guinness in that. Like, it'll still, like, I still love that slow, like that slow cooking and just roasting in the oven for hours. There's just nothing like it. It just pulls so many flavors together. And it's always going to be like, I like, I like to say it's like hearty and healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have a ton of vegetables in there. You're not like deep frying. You're not, you know, you're using like beautiful wine or you're using Guinness or, and it's just all like root vegetables in there. Like what's wrong with that? But people have this idea, oh, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it is. So especially this time of year, right? Because it, it's kind of like the muddy season. We're at the tail end of winter, early, early spring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, you know, it's still kind of cold outside. Yeah. Um, Chef, walk us through a really great Irish lamb stew. You Use your imagination. You've got all the ingredients in front of you. What Oof. are you looking at and how do you put it together? Well, I mean, if I was to do it, like, I mean, I'd like start off just, you know, I would always put a bit of butter in there with your oil and then start off with like your basic, like carrot, celery, onion. I'm just like, you know, I'm pretty just simple like that. Um, Maybe I would even do like a gremolata on top at the very end, get my lamb, cut it up into chunks and, you know, brown that off first, obviously, and then add your aromatics and just like bay leaf thyme. Like I keep it simple, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I would do red wine in there as well. And then just like roast it off in the oven for a few hours. And then like the gremolata would be like, maybe I would do like, you know, like lemon, horseradish, parsley, like you yeah. know, your breadcrumb. I just love like a kind of a crunchy topping on something that's so soft that falls apart. Yeah, with that, with that, with this. I had Irish lamb stew in Ireland one time, and it really mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind. So, like leg of lamb, right? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, cut in nice big chunks, and that gets tossed in flour, right? So that the, yeah. the interior flour is going to sort of like begin to thicken the sauce, thicken. right? Beautiful. So yeah, really nice salt and pepper. Uh, you know, a nice and and the chunks of of lamb leg are you know maybe like are like two by inch. two. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're big because they'll shrink. You're going to get some sure. Shrink. Anything smaller than that, it's going to look a little like stew meat. You mm-hmm. I want to stick yeah. my fork into something when I'm done. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, so you get nice, big, beautiful brown color on the outside. And then you can start jumping in some like mariposa. So it's going to be carrots. It's going to yeah. be celery. It's going to be uh, onions. It's going to be garlic. Um, and you, and finally chopped. So there's not sort of a, there's a, a difference between the sizes. The the lamb should be the big hero. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you want, I, I like to hit it with a little, little bit of beef stock and then Guinness all day long. Yes. Right? And now the Lovely. interesting thing about like the the Irish stew that I'm remembering so fondly, they added um, uh, barley to the stew itself, and the barley cooked in with the lamb and the liquid, and had this like oh, nice. big, beautiful creamy silky yeah. uh, texture to it. And then this was the trippy part that they took whole big beautiful Irish potatoes, peeled them, and they mm-hmm. cut them in half, and then put. Um, the potatoes sort of like uh, uh, cut side up, upside down into the st- top of the stew and then baked it. And so the 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 bottom of the potato began to dissolve into the stew. So it acted like this kind of fluffy texture yeah. on the top of it baked where it was like almost crispy. So, so it had this like kind of potato chip crunchy thing on top and the bottom was fluffy. I've never and seen it, that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a trip. And then lamb and carrot and barley on the inside. It was just so, so incredibly. There's an earthiness to it, which is it's not it's not it's not British by any means. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah, distinctively yeah. Irish. Irish and the ingredients with the lamb, are, Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Or even just like talk like just the lamb shank as well. Just like I just I absolutely adore a lamb shank. Like same kind of way of preparation that you were talking about. Yeah. And just with lamb shanks, I just love so much. You wanna know one weird thing I had in Ireland one time? I had seagull eggs. Oh, never had that. 
I've had I had seagull eggs in Ireland one time, like literally, like like you, like you would have a, like hard boiled egg, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the egg of a seagull. Uh, I, I mean, think someone was just messing with you. Yeah. No, no, Trip. <laughs> never had the seagull, the seagull egg. It was in, it was really was good. Joe I mean, Rogan like a, there? Were you on Fear Factor? Factor? <laughs> no, it was. A, listen, man. I mean, like especially in San Francisco, man. Like there, there, there was a point in time where seagull eggs were like you know a big piece of protein here, man. People love them. They they would like take the boat out to Farallon Islands and go collect seagull eggs and and cook them. That was sure. my next question. I'm like, how the hell wow. did they get those eggs? Yeah, there was well, I, I, danger money. That's how you got them because wow. seagulls don't play around. <laughs> All right, I, I got to know. I mean, we've we've done a lot of uh, Ireland talk, but you you've lived in Los Angeles for a good bit. Yeah, um, you were a private chef for a lot of A list celebrities. Yes, can, can you name some of those celebrities? I mean, I think I mean like Cindy Crawford. Like I did her birthday party one year, and do you know what I made? I made short ribs, and she loved really? it. Really? Yes, she ate it up. Cindy Crawford loves short ribs. There we go. Like who? Like. I did like a thing for Johnny Depp's kind of like family, kind of for a bed, um, kind of Jimmy Buffett, super, super nice guy. Loved him. I did this party one night um, and there was like so many celebrities in the room. Like it was like Jane Fonda, Jimmy Kimmel, Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston. Like it was like nobody told me who was going to be there. It was like a dinner for 20 people. And like they just kept walking in, like left, right and center. I was like, holy shit. Like, and it's like seeing Jennifer Aniston in person is like, wow, like this is like really, really A-list. But that was probably like the biggest one. Um, throughout the years, it's just like Owen Wilson, like went out to Kardashians once. Like it's just over yeah. like this. I don't, don't do them as much anymore. Yeah. Kind of, I'm just kind of busy. Kind of like I have like one client now. I do kind of a few days a week, just, just dinners. And then I'm working on my seasonings. I'm working on the third cookbook right now. And just, you know, and then obviously pitching TV shows, trying to get back on TV again. And, you know, just doing that whole thing. Yeah. You just mentioned your uh, seasonings. You've got a, your own line of seasonings. Tell us. About yes. That. Um, that was exciting. I just was I know, in my kitchen like once and I was like, you know, you just make up your own blends and you're just like, okay, why am I doing this all the time? And then you run out. So instead yeah. of making like a big bulk of them, I just would be like, okay, I just need to like do these and just develop them. So I work with these girls over in Massachusetts, Duxbury, Massachusetts, and they have this Duxbury salt there. And they're awesome people. And I was like, look, I'm thinking about this seasoning. I want the kind of an all purpose. You can kind of do everything. And so we did this, like, I call it lovely seasoning. I call it the original. And it just goes on everything. It's easy. I just don't want people to have to think. They can just throw it on and they're done. And then I went further and I did a barbecue one and I'm doing a Greek one the barbecue which is great on popcorn as well and then like your greek which is great with your fish and your chicken and so forth it's just you just want to think you know what i mean it's just i thought like this is good these girls are awesome it was easy to work with them and they hand blend everything they harvest the salt on the bay in duxbury like so there's kind of like a premium and uniqueness about it i love their story as well yeah and if you had to go and hand buy all those separate ingredients to yeah. make your own blend it would cost you 50 bucks exactly exactly you got that container it's all balanced out you just sort exactly of the top you got nice flavor profiles i love that it is yeah it's like a fun kind of thing i'm like i want to do um it's like a popcorn one next and just i'm just having fun with it now you know oh, it's it's, it's it's really really great yeah long time coming can we bring up how you uh turned your love for the real housewives franchise into jesus a cookbook I and I know it's like the funniest thing. So <laughs> how did you okay. get this idea? This is just like 
me being crazy, like I had a two cookbook deal with HarperCollins and they were like, look, we need a second idea. And I was like, what about a quick six fix like volume two? They're like, no, we don't want numbers in the titles. We're done with that and so forth. And I was like, okay. So I remember just watching, I watched like Beverly Hills Housewives and I was like, why is there no cookbook on the housewives? They're always eating. They're always at dinner tables. They're fighting. They're doing this. They're drinking and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's all surrounded by food. And Andy Cohen, specifically, when they're editing that show, if you guys watch any of them, every time the housewives sit down for like a one-on-one or a dinner party, they always film what they're ordering. Mm-hmm. And that because it's just a unique thing because it's just it's such a personal thing. So he wanted that included. So I reached out to Amy Phillips. I came up with the idea. We wrote the concept and um, reached out to Amy Phillips, who's this, she has a show on um, on Radio Andy on Sirius XM. She does all the, she does all the housewives. She does impersonations of them all. This is her on the front cover, like dressed as all the different ones. That's funny, man. Cook and spill it, throw it. There <laughs> you go. Cook and spill it, throw it. Yeah, the Real Housewives Party Cookbook. So they're all real recipes. They're all great. Like we poke fun at them. She's like a great writer, just like comedy writer and um like it's it's just it's silly, but it like it's like you know we're dressing up in like robes like Luanda Lesseps, like it's uh-huh. yeah, it it did great, like you know what I mean? it was super fun and it's like I was like well why not? It's like it's a hook, it's niche, and it, you know it, it did really well and people like and now people throw dinner parties because they can cook recipes around the housewives at their home. Look, whatever it takes to get people in the kitchen, right? Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Serious, that's what it's about. I love it. That's you should know that we're having uh, Dorinda on next to talk about her passion oh she's cooking. great and i i was wondering do you have a recipe for her in the cookbook? yes yeah, she she, <laughs> this she is so did funny. what did we do we did a make it nice, make it nice. Sp- spider no spiced make it nice spiced cider uh-huh. because she is the blue stone manor it's like it's really cold out there so that was a cool recipe and then we have she does this thing in the scene where she's like clip 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 and so we did clip 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 medley of dip 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 yeah. So she has like three dips. And then when we do her hand in there, she wore the same. Like it's, I mean, the, the shit that we came up with, it was just, but it was actually easy because there were so many different situations surrounding food. We had like, I think we had like 185 recipes and we had to cut it down to like a hundred. So that's amazing. So, and Tyler, like, you know, like writing cookbooks, like I think the hardest part is when you sit down and you're like, okay, how am I going to fill these chapters? And you're just like roughly kind of writing out like this. Amy was like, could you do a beef with this title? Could you do a yeah. chicken with this title? I'm like, easy, easy, easy. So yeah. she kind yeah. of was like writing it for me. And then all I had to do was come up with like the protein in it or the appetizer or whatever it was. It was actually a lot easier writing it than I thought. Um, the hard part was doing all the photography. That yeah. became like super expensive because we really wanted to kind of get like, you know, the vibe of housewives, her dressing up, throwing mm-hmm. wine in my face in another shot like and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was a super fun book that was That's your first amazing. book that was your first, first book right? the first book yeah the first book i did uh was quick six fix oh, okay sure yeah okay right that's six, a nice six key ingredients six minutes prep six minutes that's a nice cover my friend Hold yeah to your cover look, look at you there you go brother you're handsome <laughs> Boom. you got a lot of stuff out there right now where can people go and uh find more about you and you know, order the spices and the cookbook. Spices, um, they can go to chefsteward.com. My okay. books are there. I send them out signed. You can buy my seasonings there. I ship them all out myself. And um, we're eventually getting to the Amazon thing. It's a beast though, because it's, you know, with margins and cost. And so we're trying to kind of figure out a way of getting the cost of the seasonings down so we can more be more competitive. But right now 
I do it all. I ship it out and so forth yeah. right now at chefsteward.com. One last thing. Um, yeah. Tell us about your uh, Nutrisystem. Oh, yeah. Uh, ambassador. Yeah, I almost forgot. So, yeah. So, like, my manager has been working with Nutrisystem for a while, and we're always trying to get me involved kind of as a chef to kind of promote the brand, talk about the brand. And so they ship me a bunch of food. They're like, would you be interested in this? I try everything before I'll ever put my name on something and so forth. And I came up with, like, they have this the this line of foods called hearty inspirations it's not like you don't put it in the microwave it's like it comes in like a bag just like this right i just have it here just whatever to show you guys you empty it into a skillet you have the sauce you cook it for like 10 minutes it's like you're cooking food all the vegetables are real all the proteins are real it's not like it used to be like it's not like people i think have this like misconception that it's like lean cuisine mm-hmm. like with tons of sodium like it's like 400 calories like 20 grams of protein in each um in each serving so it's just look if you're busy i'm busy sometimes i don't want to cook sometimes because i'm cooking all day i'll throw one of those in the skillet it'll fill me up i'm out i'm out the door so it's just putting like kind of a chef's name on it to be like look guys this is real food it's not crap and um so so here we are so i'm just kind of an ambassador for them right now yeah for you man that's yeah, great. Thank and, you. Yeah, it's a great partnership. I mean, Nutrisystem, it's like, it's such a good, um, easy way for a lot of people to count their calories and kind yes. of keep their control. And if you could add, you know, a great chef spin to it, um, it's, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. It's nice. Yeah. I so yeah. do some videos and sometimes I add my own little kind of bits and pieces to the recipes as well. So it's nice. That's nice. Like that. Well, Chef Stewart, thank you so much for coming on Two Dudes and Thank you so rock. much. Everyone go buy all his spices, <laughs> all his cookbooks, go get Nutrisystem immediately. And um, let's all get together and have uh, some lamb stew soon. Oh, yeah, got to get on that. Lovely to meet you guys. All right, chef. Thank you, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Dorinda Medley on the show. Do not go anywhere. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for 
more info now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. At this moment, it won't be just two dudes. It'll be two dudes and a lovely lady. Dorinda Medley is a TV personality, entrepreneur, author, hostess, philanthropist, and a fan favorite on the hit Bravo series, Real Housewives of New York City. Dorinda, it's so wonderful to speak with you. We just had Chef Stewart on who wrote the cookbook for your guys' show, and he was telling us all about your recipe. Uh, was that a weird experience? Let me just ask you, which one okay. did he say was his my recipes? That's because I don't remember being consulted about this. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make it nice spiced cider. Oh, yeah. okay. Did they use Bluestone Manor bourbon? I hope so. I hope I they hope should. So. Yeah, they should. Well, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't really do podcasts. I don't know if you know that. I don't do really anything. I'm the person that does no, no press. I always say to everyone, if you don't, if you don't say anything, you don't get in trouble. <laughs> There's that old saying, you know, when you, they, what's that great saying? They say, when you're strong, act weak, when you're weak, act strong, and just don't say anything and you'll never get in trouble. So I, if you notice, I, I don't really do podcasts, but you know, I love Richard Bresler and his wife and I just Lisa. And I thought, and I love food. And I thought, how much trouble can I get into? On two dudes in a kitchen? Uh, that, that's totally up to you. <laughs> the floor is yours. Uh, but uh, we're super excited to have you. If you want to spill some tea yeah, about something, that's great. But there I just on. thought we would talk about cooking. Well, it's, unfortunately or fortunately, in my situation, there's not a lot of tea to spill. Thank God. It's We're sort of in the quiet period. And, and we had Ultimate Girls Trip up here. Bluestone Manor, which it's a beautiful day here. It's like a, it's the touch. I woke up this morning and saw thousands of thousands, probably 200 turkey covering my lawn. And I thought, up, oh, they're getting ready for springtime. Oh, so we have the touch of spring coming in, which is so great because I love Bluestone Manor until it's about January, February, March. Then it's just dark and gloomy. Every January, February, March, I'm like, oh, I want to sell this place because I'm just, mm. it's just hard, you know, the winters. But, um, you know, we had Ultimate Girls Trip up here, and that was hugely successful. It's such well, a great – Bluestone Manor is such a great backdrop, and it's kind of like a character on its own. So it's great just to add the the chaos of these women up here. Speak, you can't help but con get content. Speaking of having a girls trip up at this uh, beautiful locale of Bluestone Manor, this whole episode's been about dinner parties. Do you have um, a, a theos uh, when it comes to – doing a dinner party what is your how do you attack 100%, a dinner party a hundred percent so i i am a i'm a huge dinner party person i have um you know i love to entertain period but i love to entertain up here and i always say to people that come to blue stone Manor, you can do whatever you want all weekend long but at seven o'clock you have to be in the blue room dressed if it's a theme they have to be dressed for a thing no excuses and then we always have a sit-down dinner and um yeah, I believe in a beautiful dinner. I always have my dining room table set 
for a day, I changed settings because um, I love when I lived in London for years, I was always used to love when I go to people's homes and their formal dining room always was set. I just thought it was so chic. So I always I, I'm sort of a big collector of plates and things and glasses and stuff like that. And yes, I do have a whole routine about dinner parties. My whole thing about dinner parties are I, that I think I did live, learn from living abroad. It doesn't have to be that complicated. When I came back from living in London for 10 years, you know, I just realized people didn't do dinner parties, not because they didn't want to, but because they were afraid. People are really afraid of giving dinner parties. They think it's this big, complicated, overwhelming thing. And I don't approach it like that. I I sort of have the back kitchen sort of attitude. I kind of do everything in the back kitchen I can. So by the time uh, people arrive, you know, it's sort of just about enjoying the people. And, you know, I mean, I do everything. I cook as many things as I can cook that could be pre-prepared. Um and I make sure the music's ready and the lighting's ready. So by the time I, you know, greet and meet people, it's sort of like a symphony that just kind of takes off. And the truth of the matter is, I, I it's not that complicated. I mean, I think one of my the fan favorites is I always make two different kinds of lasagnas. I can make those a week ahead and freeze them. You toss a big salad. You have a great herb bread, lots of, you know, wine or whatever people drink. And there's your dinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in, in in the buffet. I love the buffet. I think the art of the buffet is even more reason to socialize and keep talking to people. I don't formally serve. Like, I don't do all that. It's just too much. And the great thing about the buffet is it allows people to take as much as they want. And they keep going up. And then people end up in the kitchen talking again because they have, like, you know, after they've had the second course of the lasagna, then they're kind of getting a little loose and you'll catch them in the kitchen. Mm. And then people start creating this little... You know, this one then ends up sitting in your seat. That one ends up sitting in another seat. And I love I love to watch a dinner party play out and see, um, you know, I always have the cast of characters, see who kind of meets whom. If a good dinner party for me is on Sunday morning when someone says to me, oh, my God, I just love so-and-so, and I'm going to see them in the city this week. Everybody should walk away with, like, a new friend, a new story, a little gossip, something naughty. You know what I mean? Then yeah. you have a good dinner party. It's less about the food and more about the kind of symphony that took place. And and Dorinda, I, I think you're so right on that because like the food doesn't have to be like for me, from my, my perspective as a chef, I always seem to you want to, you know, kill it on that end. But my wife on the other side of it, she does the same thing. She'll make sure that our dinner parties are well balanced. And because we always have like these circles of friends and sometimes they don't, you know, they're different circles, right? Like we'll know these people for, because, you know, our kids go to school together or we know these people because we know them from the city or whatever, but then she'll kind of like bring it all together and have this very well curated group of people. And not everybody knows everybody, but everybody walks out with like a new bestie, which is kind of cool. Right. I love that. And it's it's one of my wife's like superpowers. And that's being like the connective source of everybody. Like they Listen, all get the back in my life. party is yeah. a beautiful thing. You know, you start with a blank canvas and then you create this painting. And mm-hmm. there is something very intimate. And, you know, once you've spent the evening at Bluestone Manor and maybe a late night bourbon and you, know, you tell me your secrets, I'll tell you mine. You know, they kind of leave. There's a bond that you know, it's different than when you meet someone for dinner in New York at La Galoo. It's like, yeah, I met him, but I don't know him. You kind of get to know these people, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I love throwing dinner parties. I really enjoy it. I love cooking. I, I'm not a, you know, a, a chef, but I think I'm a very good cook. I don't think people are unhappy uh, when they leave. I make sure there's always a lot of food. 
because I always, my, my key with weekends for me, I would say make enough food that the next day you can serve it as sort of a brunch lunch. And then that's get the, everyone out of my house by like two. Yeah. I don't like lingers. I don't like people hanging around past two. I got to get Bluestone Manor back in shape. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned something earlier that we hadn't talked about in terms of the dinner party, but I do think is very important, which is the music. Do you have a specific type of music you play? 100%. I'm a frustrated DJ. So I have, I curate my music for that dinner party. I have the best. I literally, uh, my friend Greg Calejo calls me DJ D-Nice because <laughs> everybody, and then what I do for my guests is when they leave on Sunday, I all send them that playlist. Oh. So they have the playlist from the night. And people love it. You know, people love to get, you know, when I was young, I mean, I'm a lot older than you guys, but you know, if you gave someone a mixtape, you were basically oh, yeah. loved. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you kind of the theory based on the old mixtape, yeah. the Memorex tape. But so are you making playlists specifically for who you know is coming or the vibe of the night of which you're celebrating? The vibe of the night for which I'm celebrating. Okay. The birthday. And I always have great, you know, um, I gave, I love Bossa Nova. I always think you can never go wrong with the bossa nova start. It's sort of mellow but sexy, you know. And then during during the um, dinner, I always do sort of like that little bit more Claude Shaw kind of, you know, blue room, Londony type of thing. And then I always end up with the eighties at night, so we all can dance because I'm a frustrated it. aerobics yeah. teacher. <laughs> if you can put that together and then send it to him, because like on our menu at Miller and Lux, my restaurant in San Francisco, like I I generate like playlists every season. This is like season one. And then there's like season two, like they're in each each playlist is about seven and a half hours of music, right? Well, I didn't and know I, you had I, this. Yeah, I program all these myself. So there's a QR code on the back of the menu, and it's that like sick flex that you kind of like hover your camera over the QR code and you walk out with the playlist of what you're listening to in the restaurant. And people and just love the it. Map? Yeah. And they take that home with them, and it's so much fun. You know, people always love it. And, you know, you can never go wrong. I don't care how advanced people get. There's nothing like a good old fashioned 80s music. One thing that we love to do when we're entertaining a lot of people is make sure we kind of write out what the menu is for everybody. And sometimes we'll print them out. But a lot of times uh, my wife will get the typewriter out and like type it all out and then put it in a frame, which I think is cool because then everyone's like, oh, okay, so that, yeah, this is this. Okay, we're having this and this. Oh, that I can't wait for that. Um, I think that's like a little touch. I don't do that. And I love that idea. What I do do that I find is helpful for me is I put, um, I bought this whole little system of when Len lays out everything for the buffet. And, you know, you should always have someone helping you too when you're going to have a dinner party because it really does just spend the money and just make your life easier and have someone. And actually, even if you think you got it done, it's so nice to just know someone's helping you in the background for mm-hmm. any app that's going to happen. But she lays out like on a little stand what's there. So it's this, this is vegetarian, this is this. So I don't have to go through it all, you know, and I, I love that. And I, you know, we live in a day and age, too, where we have to be. It's not like when I grew up, your mother put it in front of you. You ate it. I mean, my mother could literally put fried paper in front of me. And I was like, it looks good to me. You know, now we have to be very careful about everything we put out and make sure we know everybody's dietary restrictions. So I always have something that's very sort of bland vegetarian that does, has no dairy, you know, no nothing, no gluten. So I don't even have to go through all that. I'm like, that's the that's the the dish for the people that have all, you know, gluten sensitive or dairy sensitive and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. That's really, really smart. I, I think knowing your audience when they come over for a dinner party is, is half the battle and, and they feel, they feel so heard. Like if you know them personally and, and the, the, you know that they either it's their favorite thing or you've taken their dietary uh, restriction to consideration when you're planning the menu too. I mean, I think it's very thoughtful. And not pointing it out, you know, like yeah. I, I always say, you know, people don't want to be pointed out. They don't want to be pointed out if they're not eating gluten. They don't want to be not pointed out if they're not having a drink. It should just be seamless. The options should be there and no one should know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the whole thing about dinner parties are it's such a great way just to make people feel comfortable i think it's such a for me cooking serving having people in my home doing my table thoughtfully and thinking about who's coming and whatever the theme is i love a theme um it's just such a for me it's my easiest way to show love you know that's my that's easy for me you know and i think it's time like, I think people should start having dinner parties again, you know, especially kind of coming out of like the dark era of COVID, right? Like start having some people over again. It's not weird. You know what I mean? Let's just do it. Just like, like have, invite six people over and just do something fun. That's I was talking to someone yeah. today that was we're planning an event for my Blue Star Men of Bourbon at the Hard Rock Hotel. And they were like, should we have a sit down dinner? And I said, dare I say, I think the, din- the heavy dinner in New York City is dead. I have no interest in it. Like I would rather my friend Greg Kaleo and I have started this great thing where we, we find out what bars have a great dinner, like a bar menu. And we go and we go there about seven and we have a drink and we order like great little things. And you meet so many more people. I just don't want to sit down and go through the whole long dinner thing anymore. I, yeah. It's very interesting. It's kind of a post COVID thing for me. Sure. Sure. You just mentioned your uh, your bourbon. Tell everyone about Bluestone Manor bourbon, and then also well, there's a maple syrup, right? <laughs> Speaking of, oh, pretty bottle. Look at that. Thank That's you. Amazing. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Wow, nice label. Look at that. That awesome. looks really, really nice. That's really and I have nice. my own. I have my own maple syrup, which I've sold out of three times. I just got the other, which is so interesting because I hit the maple syrup thing so perfectly because I've noticed reading. I'm a recipe fanatic. I love looking at recipes and like just saving them. I even love buying them, you know, buying and still cutting them out. Uh, I actually take apart cookbooks, which drives people crazy. I actually cut them up into my, and create my own cookbooks based on all different recipes. Used to drive my mother crazy, but I love that because I don't know. I just love doing it. It's kind of like my form of collaging, but um, everything has maple syrup in it. Have you noticed that a lot of people are replacing drinks and it, it, instead of honey or kind of sweetener, they're using maple syrup because it's so antioxidant. So I kind of hit that wave perfectly. Especially in the winter. Now, are, are you are you uh, double dipping on this bourbon thing and aging your maple syrup in the bourbon barrels? Are you doing I that? Am. It would says here, bourbon barrel aged. That's the chance. Right. But no alcohol. It's kind of hurt me in the beginning because people thought there was alcohol in it, but there's not. You know, legally, you have to put that on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that that is so that is so nice. If you can like let, let your maple syrup kind of kiss inside of a used bourbon barrel for a little bit. Oh my gosh, is that delicious? And I use it on every. I cook with it. I use it on my salmon. Yeah. I recipes now. I've kind of created a bunch of recipes where I've added the maple syrup. You know, what I love about cooking is is I I, I never realized it because my mother was a big cook. My grandparents were big cooks. I'm Italian Polish, and they all would be cooks. So cooking for me was just part of my hands. Like mm-hmm. I never, you know, I don't even know how to really, like my daughter said to me once, how do you make a lasagna? I'm like, she called me up from school. How do you make a lasagna? I said, Hannah, 
do you watch me make it a million times? I don't have a recipe. Think about me making it. She mm-hmm. goes, no, mom, you have the ingredients. I said, no, you don't. You, you've sat on the counter and watched me make that lasagna. You know, you just got to feel it. And if it's not right the first time, then you'll get it right eventually. Because mm-hmm. it's such a, you know, cooking for me is just such a natural extension of of who I am. You know, I talk about it in my book a lot about how I think some of my best lessons were given from my mother while she was cooking because we had to be in the kitchen cooking. You know, that's where all the good stuff happened. The fights, yeah. the, you know, <laughs> in an Italian Polish family, that's where it all happens, right? What's right. the best lesson you learned in the kitchen? Um, my mother, so I'm I'm very famous for my Dorinda-isms and, you know, they think they're from me, but my mother just comes out with the the most amazing things. My mother said something the other day and I laughed so hard. I, she said it before, but she said, she says, be careful of people that have the face of an angel and the mouth of the devil. <laughs> I, will, she, I will watch how she is, She's got the face of the angel and the mouth uh-huh. of the devil. And she was making these delicious pork ribs, but not barbecue. She just soaks them in everything that I don't eat. It's olive oil, minced onion, and garlic, and lots of salt. All the things that, like, I don't, you know, it's a funny story. I got to tell you, I was saying this to someone the other day. When I went to college, I grew up in a big family, four kids, and, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and stuff. And, you know, my mother was a huge cook, and my father was a telephone man. So we had huge dinners at night because my father was out all day. Back then you literally climbed the pole. So dinner was a really big dinner. When my father walked in, you know, it was like God came home and we had to get food on the table. So my mother used to always cook, obviously with a lot of butter. So I remember I used to love my mother's corn. It used to have a a slight foam over it that I knew that was very exciting. So it was the butter. So when I went to college and all this free food, right? Because who knew that you went to college and you could just eat as much food as you wanted. And for a big family, that's a big deal. And I remember getting the corn thinking, what is this? Because they had no butter. <laughs> there's, there's no foam. There's it's no boiled. There's no, no salt. salt. It's wet. My mother makes canned corn to this day. I just close my eyes and eat it. I yeah. pour it over her mashed potatoes, which God knows what's in, and yeah. then mush them together and eat it. That's kind of yeah. I like I like corn and mashed potatoes. Yeah. And they're always the dripping from the pan. Do you want the mm. dripping? Now, where else in my life would I eat the drippings from the pan? But I get over there at my parents' house, and it is the Concord back to youth and bad eating. Okay. Oh, I love that. I love that. My my wife makes a really great corn. She calls it shoe peg corn. I, I think it's like, you know, because uh, her mother, they're like, they have uh, roots that go back to Wyoming, right? It's like a pioneering kind of thing. But literally, uh, 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 corn out of the can, make no mistake, it is what it is, right? Uh-huh. And it's literally slow fried in butter, like really as low of a flame as you could possibly get. And then, and then it just starts to caramelize and get really, really nice and delicious. And it is so good with like turkey and gravy and it's the potatoes. Best. It's the best. It's I'm so convinced good. that's why I'm such a hearty person. Thank God. I mean, I just, you know, we were raised on food, like yeah, real right. food. Exactly. Exactly. Real quick, can you tell us about your YouTube channel? Because I know you do a lot of cooking on that as well. I haven't done it. And you know, someone's so funny said it because everyone keeps asking me, do my YouTube channel. Do You know, I'm just, I, I'm in a, I do a lot of cooking on my reels, right? And I do a lot of, try to do my cooking on TikTok. And there's just so many platforms. It's like a full-time job. But um, 
people love when, you know, my, my Instagram's at Dorinda Medley and then uh, my TikTok's Dorinda Medley NYC. What amazes me about cooking is how many people don't know how to do the simplest things and how much they enjoy to participate in cooking the simplest things. I did a recipe uh, the other night and I, I, my friend who decided to cook, I made it for because we came home late to Bluestone Manor like at nine at night. That's what I'm saying, too. I also have another theory that you can always cook something out of your kitchen. You mm-hmm. know, I, I challenge anybody or challenge me to I don't have to shop for a week so I could still cook a whole complete meal somehow. So, you know, cook out of your kitchen. Don't feel like you have to always run out and get something. Someone said, oh, my God, there's no food. You know, I said, oh, no, I'll make you something. And I made her this pasta and this broth with just canned mushrooms and lots of cheese and lots of pepper and and, you know, you'd be surprised what a simple dish it is, but how delicious it is. But people just don't know how to cook. And that amazes me. It, it's a it's it's a lost dying art. Like food is so easy to get. Like my kids right now, like like when they're hungry, they hit the DoorDash button on their phone and they literally get the, the my, my daughter is 14. Like she'll and, and my, my wife and I were talking about this this morning over coffee, um, but she, she'll get like a Starbucks delivered to the house like they'll get a they'll get a burrito it's so easy to get somebody to cook food and deliver it to your house and these are my kids and they're like the children of the chef yeah, you know I mean? yeah. i'm with you you know what i mean it's it's like and That's so we, i can't yeah. even look at my bill uh when uh, hannah's bill because i'll just lose my mind i i i postmate postmate you yeah. know for food uber food i'm like what do you, what do you do? i could not leave this house for a week and cook every night me too. And it's, it's like a, it's like a party trick. Oh, well, you know, my wife will like, ah, oh, there's, there's no food in the house. Let's go out to dinner or let's get takeout or whatever. I'm like, no, oh, hang on, hang on. And like, you'll go and there's always kind of something there's like really, oh, no. really lovely beans, just great pasta. You know, there's, there's there really, there's always something kind of fun. You could turn something into like really amazing. Just egg, Listen, you right? have yeah. that broth stuff. You can fool anyone. <laughs> it's a little bit of the yeah. better than broth paste. Totally. Chop up the garlic in it, add some pine nuts, toss some pasta, lip some pecorino cheese. A little lemon dress on top is so good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, totally. The rule in my family is, uh, or my house is, you can only Postmates when you're hungover. Because that's when I don't want to move or do anything. And I want to, I need food brought to me immediately. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, I can do uh, anything in the kitchen that we need done. But don't you find I always I, I always am so disappointed when I'm in the in New York and, you know, you go on those things like uh, whatever that is seamless or postmates that they make it look so good, but it's never very good. No, I, it's just not it never just is quite there. Yeah, because I feel like it's gets soggy and and uh, cold on the way over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or there's not enough dressing or it's just a big disappointment. You know what I mean? She's warm. Yeah. And, and you know they're stealing I mean? French fries. You know, they are. They're always stealing French fries. They're <laughs> always stealing French fries. Got my French fries, man. What's the condiment you can't live without? Ooh, mayonnaise. Me too. Hellman's mayonnaise. I, mayonnaise. if I were island, I would have Hellman's mayonnaise. I don't think there's nothing you can't do with Hellman's mayonnaise. I make a box chocolate cake with Hellman's mayonnaise that would blow your Oh my gosh. That's well, that's kind of well. I mean, oil, there's oil and cake and fat, there's oil and yeah, I, I can make and that work. Strawberry. You know, growing up in the South, it was Duke's mayonnaise, right? So any any of our listeners who are in the, the southeastern part of the United States, you'll know what I'm talking about. But Duke's oh, mayonnaise yeah. is the best. I think that Kraft makes the best mayonnaise over oh. 
Hellman's and Duke's. And I know that's crazy, but if you haven't tried it, it's really, really good. Are we going to have a Mayo Smackdown here, man? Or, we, or let's, I, I think, let's have a Mayo off. Like, you could mix, you can wrap it around a little Helmut's mayonnaise with a something. I make a crazy dish that that no one should. If I told them what was in it, they would wouldn't eat it. It's really bad. It's like a Sunday bad food dish. I take Helmut's mayonnaise and Lipton soup mix, and I put drumsticks in it, right? And then I bake them. So, <laughs> drumstick, like like chicken wing drumsticks. That sounds great. Are you kidding me? I oh, love God. that. Like what is on those? I'm like, oh, I cannot tell. Yeah. Been- oh my gosh. I, I think we have to have a mayonnaise smackdown. Three yeah. mayos enter, one mayo leaves. Yeah. Oh. Let's do it. We'll do it at Bluestone Manor. Yeah. <laughs> love- With some bourbon. With some bourbon. Why not? Yeah. Drink some bourbon, eat mayonnaise. My brother bought the Ritz crackers dunked in Hellman's mayonnaise. And I used to just watch it and think, I, I just don't know how you do that. Can you imagine that combination? I grew up in the South. I, that, that's like sweet tea to me. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we have on every Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Well, Dorinda, thank you so much for coming on Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Uh, you're an absolute light and joy to speak to. And Come to Bluestone Manor and cook with me. Okay. I always invite. I have a beautiful kitchen. It's I call it the Beauty and the Beast kitchen. You can drag in a dead animal and chop it up. It's that kind of crazy. It's not a feminine All right kitchen. on. Like a big, huge chopping boards and everything, because I did not want a feminine kitchen. I wanted a working kitchen. That's cool. I'm into that. Love to have yeah. you, and we can have a great dinner party. This is what we'll do. Tyler will cook. I'll make the drinks. You make the playlist. Yeah, and it'd be epic. And yeah, then we'll roll the cameras. We'll yeah. roll the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Forward to this. I really appreciate it. Before we let you go, uh, where can people find you on social media and where can they find your bourbon and your syrup? Yes. So you can find me at Dorinda Medley on Instagram and on a TikTok, Dorinda Medley NYC. Um, I actually don't have Twitter anymore because it got too, they, they just got too scary. <laughs> and you can get my bourbon and at DorindaMedley.com. You can get my bourbon and my maple syrup. And um, yeah, try it. You'll like it. And follow me and we can cook with, uh, you know, maple syrup and learn all kinds of different things. I always say, always cook a little bit and get, then give a life lesson. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Dorinda, thank you so much. Uh, it was wonderful talking with you and have a wonderful day. And we'll be at Bluestone Manor shortly. Yay! <laughs> make it nice. Make it nice. Make it nice. Make it nice or make it twice. That's what they say. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. 
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Uh, that was fun. Wow, that was a good show. That was she's, that was fun, man. She's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought both of our guests today were 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 super special. When it comes to you know uh, uh, throwing a dinner party, um, and I, I was talking to my um, my twenty six year old son and his girlfriend, and we were talking to them about it in in the world of the post COVID pandemic, what it means to have friends. And mm. that means you got to water the garden and that you have to like, can't wait for people to invite you to go do something. You have to, you know, initiate the invitation and you got to throw a dinner party. Yeah. Have some people over. Right. I'm just kind of like plug it back on the wall. I think a lot of people like, you know, are missing their friends or trying to figure out what to do. It's so just plug it back in the wall, call them, come over this weekend. I'm making a thing. You bring your thing. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll you know, have some nice wine, you know, grill some steaks, whatever, and, and just have a good time. Yeah, I miss it. It comes down to wording a lot. Like a dinner party seems very, very daunting for the person hosting it. And then also for people coming in terms of like, oh, we got to get dressed up. I'm like, I'm like we got to bring wine. We got to do that. We used to do a thing before the pandemic, which I want to bring back, which was just our supper club. And it was just like a couple people every week would jump around from other people's houses. And it was just kind of grilling and chill and like really low key. And it was still so much fun, whatever you want to call it. But we all need to get back together, cooking, yeah. drinking having a good time, having remembering a time. what life's all about. Yeah, that's the most important thing. And that's each other, right? We, we had a supper club right before the pandemic. We, we there was, gosh, it was like 12 of us. We got together once a month, somebody else's house, right? Or somebody else's restaurant. I usually host everybody in my restaurant. And and God, did we have a great time. And I just missed that so much, man. Invite some friends over. We, we talked about a bunch of fun stuff today, like lots of great recipes, lots of good opportunities. And, and let's cook and share some share some good times. Yep. Yep. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please go rate and review at the Apple and Play stores. Five stars. That would be awesome. And we'll be back again next week with Two Dudes in a Kitchen. We'll see you guys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. (laughs) We'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration 
and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.